I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. School of Humans. Hi, uh, this is a podcast about death and dying and a bunch of weird stories and weird thoughts from three fun, flirty girls. Um, so, fair warning. However, if you're still into it, thank you so much. And here's Cadaver Gals. Cadaver Gals. Hello, cadaver babes. Yes, that is a thing now. And welcome to Cadaver Gals. It is a podcast where we talk about death and dying to deal with our own mortality. Who's ready? Who's ready? It's I'm time. Ready. I'm ready it. too. I love it. That is Taylor and that was Gabby. And I'm introducing them now because they decided to interrupt, interrupt me. So there's that. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about a clown who took a joke a little bit too far, uh, witches and this guy who went a little bit crazy with potions, and someone who fell in love with a ghost. So, tune in. I'm going to, is it okay if I choose who who goes? Is that bad? Yeah. Can we listen to the clown story? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so first I actually want to know... Like, I'm curious because what y'all's opinions are on clowns. Like, do we think they're good? Do we think they're bad? Do we think they're scary? I mean, I know too many circus people to say that I don't like clowns, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I get the art of clowning. Like, it's a... I'm not... I don't have a weird thing with clowns. I think, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into being a good clown. 
But also, if I ever had a kid or if I was other like at a kid's birthday party, I just I wouldn't want a clown to be there. Like, I think a clown should be reserved for like adult circus performances, you know? Clowns are for adults. Yeah, when you're doing like acrobatics without any pants on, that's when there should be a clown. I don't think they're appropriate (laughs) for young people, so I don't know why we have them. Take clowning seriously, okay? <laughs> I actually just, they kind of scare me. That's that's really it. I don't have clown trauma. I have costumed person trauma, which is why I will never be a furry. Because literally, yeah. they terrify me. Like when I was younger, yeah. people in full costume just absolutely terrified me. I couldn't do it. I mean, you don't know who's in there. Like, it freaks me out. You I agree don't know who's in there. Same with golden doodles. You don't know what's inside that golden doodle, but it's not a dog. Continue. <laughs> What on earth? What what did a golden a golden doodle ever do to you? Hey, they do have those kind of soulless eyes. <laughs> okay, so this is like a strange one, and um, this is back in 1854. And so mm. I was like, mm, what was going around with clowns and circuses and whatnot in that in that time? Right. Yeah. That's when like um, Barnum and Bailey they kind of like started. I think it was actually a little bit later, but circuses, freak shows, that was like all a huge thing back then. And then there was like, yeah, the the people were also mistreated at circuses. Oh, yeah. And they still get mistreated at big circuses. And then there was like humans and zoos too. Oh, the times. And mm-hmm. big circus. <laughs> Do you want to guess when the first circus came to the U- to the United States was? 12,000 BC. 1830s. Wait, no, I want to do a real guess. Okay. Wait, the first one in the U.S.? I'm going to say 1774, the Declaration of Independence Ooh. brought circuses <laughs> here. Um, well, no. Damn. It was... <laughs> that was very loving. Both great guesses. Um, but April 3rd, 1793. Mm. They were like acrobats and horses is kind of what it started with. Started with horses and equestrians, and I love that. And like in 1830, it became more of like a menagerie. So there was really just like a traveling zoo, essentially. And then like, so it wasn't too long after that, they were like, they started bringing in, you know, kind of more entertainment. And they kind of used clowns to lure people in. Uh, Yes, Nika. Okay, sorry. Just for listeners to know, I raised my hand like I'm in third grade. Clowns luring people into anything, it means that they were cursed from the start. I chose that word wisely. <laughs> I, I just like I just like literally I can't think of another word that's not that's not creepy like to entice them to come to the, like that's even worse. That's like sexy clown. Yeah. They used clowns to literally drug people and drag <laughs> them into the circus and they would tie them to the chairs to do their little show. Look at my art. Yeah. Okay, so the 1850s were hot. For circuses, okay? Oh, we got yeah. the tents, we got the railroads, we got the clowns, we got the menagerie, we got the freak shows, we got it all, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we've got the human rights mistreatment, we've got, we've got the, the animal, animal abuse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but they still had peanuts. Peanuts are always a part of, are <laughs> yeah, part of circuses, peanuts. right? Yeah, you, got, you, get, you have peanuts at circuses. This well, is at least not, they had peanuts. <laughs> you guys are going to be... You guys are going to be so disappointed where this story goes. No, I'm so excited. Uh, January 10th of 1854, a 13-year-old was selling peanuts and whatnot. And um, a clown who was like, you know, entertaining the people decided he would start messing with this little boy, you know, because it'd be funny. He's clowning around, grabs him by the heels 
starts swinging him around. And this poor <laughs> kid ruptured a pulmonary, his left pulmonary artery, which killed him. What? Oh, no. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's why it's bad to clown around. So apparently it went on to the court. And so this clown like went to court for killing this kid. <laughs> I want to just clarify because this is what I'm seeing in my brain. A clown, his big shoes, his red nose. And he and he grabs this little 13 year old boy who's like peanuts like that. And um, <laughs> grabs him by his heels and is literally like throwing him around in a circle. And then peanuts are shooting out at people. Okay. And the centrifugal force. Of the of the circle of clown death is what ruptured the pulmonary artery. Wait, did they rule? Did they rule it a murder or did they rule it? An no, accident? they said it was just an unfortunate accident. Oh yeah, so. children didn't have rights yet. I forgot. Well, thank you, Taylor, for that clown story. I you are so welcome. I feel really bad for laughing so hard. I just. There's nothing to say about this poor boy. I just feel bad. Well, up next, Gabby is going to talk about something near and dear to her heart, uh, which is, and we'll be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. Thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut. And I didn't say anything all these years. I didn't say. Anything. Listen to Cold Blooded: The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up... (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. 
This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the clown hole that is Cadaver Gals. Um, right now, I am so excited to hear about Gabby talking about witches. Gabby, your hair looks so good. You look like this just 80s mom babe, and I love it. Mom? Hot mom. Hot mom, like Stacy's mom or whatever. I can't have kids because they'll be cooler than me. So yeah, the idea of a daughter being prettier than me honestly makes me never want to have children ever in my life. And that is a problem. (laughs) Okay, we're going to talk about witches. So basically, my story is about a guy who messed up a classic witch recipe. But first, I want to give some context. Let's go back to like think Salem witch trials in Europe and the American colonies. There's like a lot of anti-witch fervor because of all of the puritanism stuff like that and people who were accused of witchcraft would be burned hanged etc people weren't liking witches and one thing that whether people identified as witches or not one thing that people would take or concoct was this thing called flying ointment now if you look at some of the older recipes Mostly the Puritans in the church, they would say, yeah, this ointment is made out of some sort of plant and also made with the remains of unbaptized dead children, basically accusing these witches of digging up dead children to concoct a potion. And the real ingredients of these potions were usually some sort of herb or plant and also a fungus that was strongly hallucinogenic. And so basically people taking the flying ointment would just hallucinate. And it was called flying ointment because you would imagine yourself flying. And, you know, often there was like, we're flying to the Sabbath so we can have like an orgy with Satan. Also, the, the plants that these were made out of were highly toxic. So if you ingested too much of the flying ointment, you could possibly die. And then obviously, when people were discovered sort of mid trip on these flying ointments, they would awaken from their reverie later and then be accused of being a witch. And killed. And I thought this was a really interesting fact. I had no idea this was the case. But basically, the origin 
of witches riding on broomsticks is that a lot of ways that the people would apply these hallucinogens, it was too strong to ingest directly. So what they would do is they would apply it to the sweat membranes. And so that's the part of your body where, you know, it's hairy, where you sweat armpits. Also, of course, the genital area. So the way that a lot of women would apply the flying ointment is that they would get a staff or a broomstick, and they would apply the ointment to the broomstick, and then they would basically ride the stick. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Isn't that fascinating? That is fascinating. Hold up. I was actually kind of looking last week. I watched Hocus Pocus and I was like, and I was just like, what is in, what is the broomstick about? And I saw that it was just like, it's like kind of phallic. The reason that the staff kind of worked out is because it basically became like masturbation because they felt like they were flying around having sex with Satan. But that was classic Gabby style where I give too much exposition to the story. (laughs) The last witch, I think, was killed and burned in like the early 1700s. But then people were still kind of really into hearing about all the stories of like how high all of these people would get and how they would go on these like flying adventures. And there's this guy named Karl Kaiservetter. He's German. Mm. And he was one of the, in the 19th century, he was one of the premier occultist and alchemist writers. So he was kind of always writing about the history of magic. And he would then like go down his basement and do all of these little experiments and alchemist shit all the time. But he basically for part of his thing was like, you know, he was really into practical history. So he would kind of go through all these different accounts of people describing the ointments, kind of what they're made out of. Um, and he really liked to then try to concoct these potions. And so he <laughs> did a little misstep in his lab and he made a little ointment and then he just, he just smeared too much on himself and then he died. <gasps> oh no. So he died from an overdose from trying to make the perfect flying ointment. That is a way to go. But it seemed like it was pretty lit. It seemed like people were having a good time. Uh, But the problem is if you were discovered, kind of passed out, humping a broomstick, uh, usually someone would try to kill you because, you know, you were a witch. Uh, Luckily, Carl was doing this in a point. It was post-witch period, so he didn't really have a... And also, you know, he was doing it for study for historical purposes. So it was totally fine. You yeah. Know? If you do it for if you do it for science, it's fine. Yeah. Apparently. If you do drugs for science. I mean, <laughs> most LSD and shit, like so much, so many drugs were made in the labs, you know, they the all science, started with science. Made them. Yeah. You know, like the early hallucinogens, those were kind of like, you know, the plants made it for us. That's very nice of them. Mm-hmm. So I think I might try to make a concoction. So I'm going to go get some rye wheat. I'm going to grow it out in my yard. Okay. I'm going to make sure this fungus grows on it. I'm going to take a little bit of the fungus and then I'm going to go fly and have sex with Satan. <laughs> Will you excited. please don't do too much so that you can please report back? Yeah. And I'm going to do it probably like on a Swiffer because I feel like riding a broom, (laughs) like riding a broomstick sounds like when you get like splinters Splinters. in your puss. Well, but now they have like there's plastic brooms. It does feel like less spiritual and spooky when it is a plastic broom. Mm -hmm. 
You're not like one with nature. You're one with like... It's like this broom was made by a child in a factory. Very uh, spiritual. Uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Gabby, I am so happy that you got to share this story today. I honestly, this makes me want to just connect with my divine feminine self more. I love that. That was great. Yes. I loved that backstory there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I I thought the backstory was... I mean, Carl was mostly a vehicle for me to talk about women humping sticks and hallucinogens and having, you know, flying fun. Literally, welcome to Cadaver Gals, where we talk about women humping sticks. But if you are going to try to recreate ointment, take a take a page out of Carl's occult book and, you know, be safer. Make sure you have a buddy. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Right. Unless they're free. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, 
A Story of California Corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cadaver Gals. Okay, this is a little bit of an untraditional Cadaver Gals story. There are dead people involved in this story. Don't you worry. Someone (laughs) is dead. Someone is dead. Um, But it isn't necessarily about this person's death as much as it is about the love he found after death. So I'm very excited about it. Amanda Large Teague is from Belfast, Ireland. So y'all already know she's a freak. And she was 44 (laughs) when she first met her husband, who is the 300-year-old ghost of Jack Teague, a supposed Haitian pirate who, according to him, because she admits she's never actually physically seen an apparition of him, looks a lot like Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Which, by the way, is it Caribbean or is it Caribbean? Caribbean, but like in Pirates, it's Pirates of the Caribbean, but otherwise it's Caribbean. Pirates of the Cabana. So... (laughs) So basically, according to him and what he's told her is he is a 300 year old ghost. He was a pirate back in the 1700s. He was um, killed because he was caught stealing on board. And so he was walked off the plank and he apparently is beautiful and dark skinned with like dark hair. And uh, according to her, looks a lot like Jack Sparrow. But she's never seen him. But she's never seen him. So he was describing himself and he described himself as Jack Sparrow or was he like... He he said that he looked like Jack Sparrow, Mm. but like a dark skin... That's suspicious. um, Black hair version, right? It's a little bit suspicious. Though if you're a ghost, you could go to the movies, you know? Like you could (laughs) just go to the movies all the time. Okay. You could just like stay in the theater. He probably saw Pirates of the Caribbean many times. He's like, that's all there is to do. Yeah, I mean, it's also kind of weird because before meeting him, she was a Jack Sparrow impersonator for a while. So I feel like there obviously is a lot to unpack here. He No, it makes sense to me. It's just a beautiful <laughs> love story. Gabby's like, where's the shocking twist? <laughs> According to some historians, actually all historians, there's no evidence of a Haitian pirate by that name because that name is an I think Irish last name and there were no Irish Haitian pirates in the 1700s I kind of just want to say and this is going to sound a little bit bananas but I kind of want to say that I respect their unity and I respect however people decide to partner as long as it's not hurting anyone as long as it's consensual as long as it is um you know ethical also that's kind of important 
Because, you know, she's just living her life. I just feel like it's important to say that however way she needed to heal or partner herself with whoever, I I respect it. Um, I don't understand it. I'm not going to pretend to understand it, but it's her life. She can do whatever she wants. So doesn't. It's not hurting you. It's not hurting us. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. If anything, it's giving us content. Is there a butt, though? I feel like you're, you have a butt. No, I don't. I just have a wild story. So basically... She started getting into spirituality in 2010 because her three-month-old son suddenly died. And so she was kind of like an agnostic before that. And then after he died, she just kind of started – she wanted to explore what was out there. She wanted to explore kind of the beyond and explore death and whatever. And so she started getting into that, eventually identified as a pagan. Now she just identifies as a spiritualist, essentially – and um, she also became a medium and has since then been studying spirituality for like over 10 years. So she like went through medium courses and learned about like Wiccan traditions and paganism and all of this sort of stuff. And she was just really into it. So this spirit appeared to her in 2015 while she was meditating. And it's recorded that she basically was like, that's really rude. You're interrupting me. Like, please go away. Like, this is not the time or space right now. Which, good (laughs) for her on the boundaries aspect of things. She's setting boundaries with ghosts. I love that. But even a ghost man is just like interrupting you and like getting your business when you're trying to do something else. Wow. I know. Um, but then he appeared to her again in the car while she was driving. And she said that the first thing he ever said to her was, you do know I'm dead, right? And she was like, I roll, duh, yes. <laughs> duh, I know that. <laughs> so they started dating. Do you know what any of their dates were? Oh, the dates? Yeah, they would like sometimes um go out for dinner or whatever and she's been asked like people have asked her do you leave a seat open and she was like yes i leave a seat open i order him a drink sometimes with rum because it's his favorite and then people are (laughs) like classic like question mark question mark and they're like it's out of respect obviously he's not gonna drink it he's a spiritual entity i kind of understand as bananas as that sounds Nika, are you coming out as a ghost lover? <laughs> Is that are you coming out of the closet right now? Um, no. I'm fucking a ghost right now. <laughs> See, here's my thing. I this is really interesting because she mentioned how she has basically identified as asexual for her entire life and how she cares more about like connection and blah blah. And so she's been asked on a lot of interviews and talk shows because she loves talking about this. Um, that for her, it's not so much like the physical aspect of things, although they do like be having sex, but it's more of like the connection or whatever. And according to her, it's like the best sex she's ever had. Yeah. The best sex you ever had is when you just do it yourself. I understand. I mean, listen, (laughs) look like low key. Yes. I mean, if she hasn't Um, seen him, he's not physically there. Right. So exactly. She, she explains it as it feels like energy. I can only watch from the sidelines and support, you know? But they got married. They got married in international waters because it's not legal in Ireland to get married to a dead person. Does he have a grave? Sorry, I'm interrupting. Does he have a grave? No. No, because no, the historians don't know who this per- Like, there's no record of him, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. And so on the ocean waters, it is legal to marry a ghost. 
I mean, she claims that she hired a legal registrar on the 23rd of July um, in 2016 to get married to him in international waters. However, it has been proven that the marriage is not legal because you cannot legally marry a dead person. However, you can legally marry a dead person in China and in other countries. Like that is a thing. That is like a legal binding thing. I know, I know. I'm learning a lot. This is so interesting. I'm so baffled by it. Okay, so this is how he said I do. I'm not kidding. They had like a pagan ceremony after like the international waters ceremony and um they had this celtic ritual called a um hand fasting ceremony which is basically when you put your hands together with the person and they tie like a a ribbon or a band or rope around your hands to signify like the unity or whatever Mm -hmm. he doesn't have hands because he had a He doesn't have a physical body. So they made it a candle. So she like held hands with a candle and they tied um, the candle around rope. And then she used a medium to um, to speak out his I do's and his vows, essentially. According to her, despite being a Haitian pirate, he speaks perfect English. <laughs> I mean, he probably learned. That's true. That's true. So they got married and they had a happy marriage at the beginning. However, things kind of turned sour. I know. I know. They end up getting divorced, guys. No. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Damn. So in 2018. What did he do? Listen, you you know it was him. You know it was him, too. I thank you, Taylor. (laughs) So in 2018, she started getting sick a lot and she explains it as he was essentially draining her life force. He was, according to her, an energy vampire. And she started getting an actual serious like real disease. Like she was hospitalized for sepsis. So basically that's when a bacterial infection gets so bad that your body starts like going to shock just like to combat the infection. And that happened multiple times. And she realized it was her husband that was trying to kill her. And so she had to divorce him and she divorced him via an exorcism, basically, where or it's kind of like the opposite of exorcism, where she essentially was cutting the ties between her and him through a ritual. She let go of the candle. Exactly. Yeah. And and yeah, and they broke up. And initially she said that he threatened her life, but she had her rituals done and she felt protected and then sold all of the stuff that you know, reminded her of him or that they had like, basically there was like a portrait that they had put his spirit into. She sold that on eBay and is, and like is now living like a single life. I don't know if she's met another ghost. Um, I haven't really followed up. How long were they together? Two years. That's a long time. Well, it's good to get the message out there though. You know, if you get connected to a spiritual presence make sure it's not this guy you also got to check to see if anybody else is hooked up with this person if they've drained their life force you know that's the thing about predators i think one of the most interesting things with all of this is okay well first of all she wrote two books about it and is like on literally every news outlet like in the world so makes you question mode is a little bit but more than that this according to an anthropology professor at stanford university um 
people after experiencing, you know, severe trauma like that can get into disassociative states and it can lead to kind of having either hallucinations or dreams that feel very real or even memories that they make up and then they come back to them as like a form of comfort. So I'm not saying she's lying. I don't know. You know, I don't know enough about spirits or about any of that to say anything like that. I'm just saying that it could have also just been a self-protection, self-soothing kind of thing that she had to go through for a little bit, which is why I'm just like, you know what? I respect however people need to go through the stuff they go through. That is so interesting. I mean, I probably won't get into a relationship with a spirit, but at this point, it seems just as likely as any other relationship, so. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my ghost boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm in a throuple, but they're both spirits. (laughs) It's crazy. Gabby, if anyone is going to have a ghost boyfriend, ghost girlfriend, I think it's you in in this threesome that we called Cadaver Gals. I think we've all learned something from these stories. Don't put too much ointment on your pussy. And also watch out for Haitian ghost pirates. Also, just watch out. I mean, just Just watch out. (laughs) Okay, well, I am so grateful that you stuck through and listened to all these bananas stories. I am Nika. I'm Gabby. I'm Taylor. And this is Cadaver Gals. Watch out. Cadaver Gals. Cadaver Gals is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. Uh, this episode of Cadaver Gals was researched, produced, written, edited, mixed, <laughs> everything by uh, the three hosts, Nika Duarte, Gabby Watts, and Taylor Church. Um, our executive producers are three white guys. And yeah, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cadaver Gals for cadaver content. Thank you. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.